All content discussed on Music Helps is for educational purposes only and expresses the individual opinions of Nina Clark and Musical Walkabout and should not be construed as personalised medical advice. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others. Consult your GP for any medical issues you may be experiencing. This entire disclaimer also applies to any and all guests and contributors on the Music Helps podcast. And welcome to Music Helps, a joyful exploration of the myriad ways to support well-being with music. I am your host, Nina Clark, musical activist and founder of Musical Walkabout. We provide inclusive music services in person and online. And Music Helps, this podcast, has a purpose, which is to promote the use of music for well-being. We are passionate about this. I am absolutely psyched and delighted today to be introducing our very special guest, the legendary jazz pianist and singer Judy Carmichael. Judy has long been wowing global audiences as one of the world's leading interpreters of stride and swing piano. Not content with internationally touring her swinging catalogue of releases, writing and publishing two books and numerous articles on jazz, for the past 22 years, Judy has also been hosting her own NPR radio show, Jazz Inspired. Guests of Judy's have included Robert Redford, Seth MacFarlane, Billy Joel, Glenn Close, to name but a few, all of whom revel in the wit and wisdom on display in her light-touch yet in-depth style of interview. It was my recent delight to be Judy's guest on Jazz Inspired, and now she is graciously returning the gesture by being our extremely special guest today on Music Helps. Judy, welcome! Yay! Oh, I am so glad to be here. Really glad. <laughs> thank you for asking me. I'm thrilled. Oh, well, thank you, thank you, thank you. It is a delight. So I have given our listener a, a, a little bit of a inkling about who you are, but let me um, let me invite you to tell our listener uh, anything else you would like to add and how we know each other, perhaps. Let me think how I want to start this. <laughs> I play stride piano, which some people might not know what that is. Yeah, stride us. is the way that all jazz piano started out, grew out of ragtime and other influences. But the stride is talking about how the left hand makes a striding motion over the bass end of the keys. It's a very complete way to play the piano, very dense pianistically. So it can be a solo style, but I've always wanted to play with other people, which leads me to how we met mm. because I play with Sam Dunn whenever I get a chance, a great guitarist. And he introduced me to you and we took a memorable trip together to Yay. Germany and had all kinds of fun. So I've I just heard this music and was wowed by it. I first heard Count Basie play it, and it's so joyous. Mm. And it was something that really hooked me by that spirit, which I think you have that same spirit in what you try to do with just talking about how music influences lives. People mm. talk about what music means to them, but I really wanted, I connected to the joy yeah. of swing music and stride piano. And in fact, on TV here, 
last night uh, we have a channel that has old movies and they had Gold Diggers of 1933, oh. which was one of those early ones, which I know you know, being a Whoa. fellow old movie fan. Yeah. And my parents took me to see that in a theater when I was a little girl because they knew I was already obsessed <laughs> with those with that that kind of music. Yeah. And so they wanted me to see it on a big screen. Oh. And it brought it all back to me, just the joy and the mm. beauty. I mean, those were people going through the depression. Mm. But how can you not be cheered up <laughs> by seeing a cast of thousands, it seems, tap dancing away and those Busby <laughs> Berkeley, yeah. you know, images yeah. and everything. So I'd say that was something that 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 drew me to the music, but also to a certain kind of fantasy when I was a child of a mm. lifestyle oh. of bringing joy to others. Mm. I wanted to grow up to marry a William Powell kind of person and be <laughs> Myrna Loy. My <laughs> life was going to be always in black tie <laughs> with a martini <laughs> and in a thin man movie, you know, Love solving it. crime, but also having a good time with a cute <laughs> little dog you know, around. So <laughs> I think that whole vibe is still in my life. Mm. I still try that's that's the image yeah. in my head. Eminently classy. That, that I'm trying to do, but always <laughs> with a sense of humor and having a great time. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you as well for um, drawing us into the world of Stride because I think that's something we'll, we'll link to your uh, beautiful music online, of course. But, you know, to, to speak to that heritage um, that you are, uh, you know, resonating throughout your music, it will be lovely. I'm going to definitely point our listeners in that direction because... It is so joyful, isn't it? It's just a deeply uh, moving and joyful style of music that you, mm, you, mm. you live that as well. And I, I just found it completely entrancing to, to uh, be so fortunate to attend, you know, those gigs. Um, so we're going to discover during this conversation some of the different ways that music helps you, um, as well as ways you perhaps have witnessed music help other people. So we're going mm. to start this exploration by digging into a musical memory. So this can be as far back as you like, or it could be last week, but something that you can draw upon and a time when music helped you. Mm, mm. Well, there's been so many times. Mm -hmm. When you say go back, the first thing I think of is my mother played piano. Mm -hmm. wasn't a professional, but it was a, a good pianist. And I can remember I had to be, well, if you figured my, my sight line was just the keyboard. So I was very small. So I would have been three or something mm -hmm. like that. And I remember that sideways view <laughs> I couldn't look over the keys. I, I just saw mm. her fingers disappear into the piano, <gasps> which to me looked like that was that I love the texture, the feeling of that. It looked like that that this music was coming out that sounded so great. Mm. She played standards, but also that her fingers were moving, but from my sight lines <laughs> as as a child, they disappeared. Oh. And they went in and out. It was so beautiful. I remember it so vividly oh. that I wanted to do it. And yeah. ironically, I will never have that perspective. <laughs> sure. <laughs> because that's a yeah. sideways perspective with that. But there have been 
so many times that music has had a huge influence on me. That first Count Basie record mm. that I heard when he was, before he was Count Basie, when he was Bill Basie, when oh. he was playing with the Benny Moten Band, and he was playing full-on stride piano. Oh. And I remember it vividly. It was just, it swept me away. And I thought, I want to do that. Mm -hmm. I didn't know who Count Basie was. I didn't know what stride piano was. Uh, the first time I heard the piano player when I was a, ki like a little kid, uh, the piano player at Disneyland playing ragtime music, because again, that's my theme, the joy, yeah. all that joy. Yeah. And it just looked like so much fun. <laughs> and and then I'll tell you a more emotional story that was that really had meaning for me, because uh, I went through, I many, many years, like 20 years ago, I had cervical cancer. So I was getting my treatments, my radiation treatments. Mm -hmm. So you'd go in uh, five days a week and it'd be very short, but you'd lie down. And the very sensitive young man who was my tech, my radiation tech, said, um, they're all talking about it, that the staff is saying that you're a jazz pianist. And I said, yes. He goes, well, why don't you bring in, mm. God, it chokes me up thinking about it. Why don't you bring in one of your CDs so your band can be with her during oh, treatment? That's lovely. And I thought that was just extraordinary. So I did. I brought in a CD and listened to it while I did my treatment. And then the next day I came in and I said, well, put on my CD. He goes, oh, I'm so sorry. One of my other patients Gotten, I decided to play it, and they got in such a good mood that it, they, they said it, it was helping their treatment, and they took it home. <laughs> I love it. So I oh. just loved it. So I brought a whole bunch of them. Yeah, I just there brought you go. CDs, and I said, just oh. give them if anybody else wants them. So that was a very, mm. um, you know, very deep. And then mm. one more story I'll tell you quickly that uh, with one of your favorites, Kurt Elling, mm -hmm. I don't know if I ever told you this story. I probably did. I talked, I started noticing, I first noticed it at concerts when somebody, a fan or a friend would bring somebody that had never heard jazz, never heard me. And I could tell they didn't want to be there. They were always doing it to be nice. So I would <laughs> see them before the concert and there'd be the happy person who's a fan and the unhappy person who's being dragged along. Mm -hmm. Then I would see them after the concert, and they were transformed. But yeah. not just were they happy, they were transformed. They mm. really looked different. Mm. Then I noticed that I looked different after <laughs> concerts. I thought, you know, I actually am better looking yeah. after a concert. It's like my face is relaxed. Then I noticed my musicians were better. This whole thing. So I brought it up with Kurt Alling, <laughs> great singer Kurt Alling. And I said, have you ever noticed that you're better looking and that people are better looking after a concert. <laughs> and he goes, oh, yeah. He says, I'm taller. <laughs> <laughs> but he said, absolutely. He said that it was just, but it was funny. And I thought, because there's something like whatever it is, 350 muscles in our face. Yeah. It's like all these tiny little things mm. that it's not just the outward joy and emotion, but mm. there is that little muscles relax. Yeah. And it really speaks to that, to the deep, deep on a oh, cellular and emotional absolutely. level, how it changes you. And all of the, you know, endorphins, serotonin and, and dopamine that's released when you're excited or soothed by the music. Absolutely. It's having a physiological impact on us, isn't it? Yeah, but it is true. And, and I know what that, that sort of radiance 
after a performance where you feel like really joyful about it and particularly where it's one with other musicians as well where you've mm, been able mm, to have mm. that that conversation uh on the stand and there's something so like ebullient about that and it is really it is transformative you're right that's a, a lovely way to think of it as well but i like the idea also that the audience is better looking after as well <laughs> they are they are i'm telling you there is something something that happens but and it's more, not just the excitement yeah we're more unified aren't we after that experience so we're yeah i think so because way. I had a classical pianist tell me that that I had given him a gift, which really meant a lot to me. He went to Juilliard, you know, from the time he was a child. So he'd done the whole thing. And he said that he saw how uh, he was admiring how I communicated with the audience. And he said at Juilliard, when he came up and we're the same age, that he was told the audience watches you, <laughs> that it is a voyeuristic experience. Like sure. they're lucky to get to watch you <laughs> and listen to you. Right. So they're there and you're on the stage at the piano mm -hmm. and off you go. And I had never had to explain it or really thought about it. I said, but for me, it's, that would be practicing. That's my own, that, you know, if I'm going to be alone and nobody's watching or something, but um, if I'm that separate, but for me, I'm playing I'm communicating with the audience and my musicians, but then there's this like third mystery thing that you mm -hmm. can call the muse or the, the atmosphere, whatever is happening. So I look at it as a triangle mm. and I do know that there are these vibrations. There would be different vocabularies for it. People who mm -hmm. see auras would say that it's sure. an aura that's going out over the audience. Mm -hmm. But I, I think someday they'll be able to actually, like they can see MRIs, that they yeah. will be able to actually see all this. Mm -hmm. And I know it's happening mm. because I can feel when it's connected and when it isn't. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It go, and it, it ebbs and flows. Mm -hmm. That's that thing that you you know as a performer that you, ah, uh, there's my stream. And it's and not just there, one way, connected. is it? It's not just mm -mm. us uh, as performers going out to the audience. It's certainly uh, a flow coming back and forth like waves. I love that. Yeah, yeah. And that's what you're trying to, to stay in touch with and not think too mm. much. That's why it's an ebb and flow because you're on stage and then you hear somebody make a noise and that brings you out of it. But then yeah. you have to forget it, take a deep breath and go back. But mm -hmm. if you do it, it is. It's a very... It's a very healing experience on every single level. Mm, lovely. Well, this leads us on very pleasingly to the next question, which is asking you about a musical tool that you use. And within this question and within Music Helps, we like to promote tools to our listeners and if they are easy, fun and rewarding, that's always helpful because sometimes <laughs> people people might be uh, reluctant to engage with certain musical tools. This can be anything. It could be technology. It could be instruments. It could be uh, a concept uh, that the tool is. It's totally up to you. Oh, that's interesting. To connect me to the music? The, or well, to... Well, that supports you and, and helps. So with the idea of music helps, what is a music tool you use to support your well-being? And it could be to help the music. Oh, oh that's interesting. Well, when I practice, I have this very whimsical uh, 
piece of art that's a pig with wings and it's very funny and it's all different colors and it's uh, made of tin (laughs) and it sits right where I can see it. So when I'm practicing something that's really frustrating me, I'll look over and I'll think even pigs can fly. You know, that's like my own little thing to make my, you know, if I'm going over and over. So that's one of the tools I use that does it. Yes. I I also have in my in my room, in my oh. piano room, I have um uh the stuffed animal of Dobie from Harry Potter. Oh or, but I, but I, I say he I do, I have yeah. a house elf. So he's my audience. So he's always that also makes me laugh. Oh. But he's actually because we all know what happened to Dobie. This is actually Toby, Dobie's twin brother okay. that people don't know about. Like it. He's American. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's sort of cute. like uh, the, the parent trap. So that makes me laugh. <laughs> is he so also liberated, th- though? You've given him clothes. Absolutely. Okay, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have. Absolutely, yes. He's holding a sock as we speak. <laughs> so, he's, so he's there. So I have that. But the other thing would, would definitely be... Uh, a certain music that I listen to that mm-hmm. just always brings me back because this, as a as a professional, no matter how you look at it, it's it's difficult. People think it's difficult because you don't make a lot of money, but it's <laughs> difficult on on many. Uh, that's almost the easy part. Sure. <laughs> you know, the other things are more the the, the rejection, the mm-hmm. the people ignoring you, all of that. Mm-hmm. I have. Um, uh, I can listen to Shirley Horn singing "Here's to Life," and it bring it just it makes me cry every time. It brings me back. It's uh, for us as as women warriors. Mm-hmm. I think of it as um, you know, if if Frank has my way, by <laughs> God, I did it my way. She's like, I embraced it all, <laughs> yeah. and it's fabulous. And her power is so so obvious mm. she doesn't have to act mm. all fierce with it it's, no, it's just inclusive beautiful. it's inclusive Lovely. and things like that mm. and i um so certain music that i always come to or certain people that i'll go out to see scott hamilton's a favorite the saxophonist yeah. and i remember i saw him there in london a few years ago and thought this is why I got in this business. And it mm. makes me forget everything else. Yeah. So there'll be moments like that. Those are my tools as a professional, mm-hmm. but also as just a person in life. Yeah. You know, when life just gets me down, yeah. I can put on... Um, it's funny, for somebody who, who plays very joyous music, I go for the things more like that, the real beautiful, mm. more mm-hmm. um, certain things of Frank Sinatra, yeah. Jobim. Mm. There'll be those things that just, for me, speak to the more poetic beauty of life mm-hmm. instead of dancing around the room. Those are the <laughs> things that are my, are my tools. Sure, absolutely. Well, also, yeah. I'm, I'm going to ask you to speak a little bit about using your voice as well, because I know that that uh, has come to you later in your musical journey, and I'm really fascinated by that. So talk oh. to me a little bit about using your voice. Well, that's hugely emotional to me because... Mm. I was always, even as a little kid, I realized how easily words came to me. 
So I was the only person in elementary school who loved oral reports. <laughs> I wouldn't even prepare because sure. I could just get up and convince people of anything. <laughs> I mean, so much so that I realized really early that people just did. I could convince people of things. And I was conscious as a child that I needed to be careful. It was oh, a superpower. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If I told Love little it. kids go walk off a cliff, they did. <laughs> you know, and I had to wait, wait. I was just joking around. <laughs> um Amazing. And then I was a language major, and so communication it was always my thing. Mm. But I also have these um, unusual vocal cords that um, that on a more technical um, or physical level, that uh, everybody's vocal cords are separated in on one end, and then as they grow up, they connect. But some it never happens with boys, apparently. At least I've been told this. Mm. But with some girls, they don't connect, mm. and so they don't. Your vocal cords don't vibrate smoothly. Mm. So you have a tendency to get uh, nodules. Um, yep. In my case, my vocal cords hemorrhaged oh. uh, in high school, <sighs> and I just couldn't talk at all. I had two vocal cord surgeries. Jeez. Surgeries they probably they might not even do now mm. to um, remove what they called nodules but they were cysts that came up yep. and down because mm -hmm. of the way they, they rubbed. Mm. Um, and I was lucky. I had a great surgeon. And so, you know, things went well. But um, I just, I was just trying to be able to talk without getting laryngitis, yeah. let alone, I knew I'd never be able to sing because I got laryngitis so easily. Mm. And, and a lot of the, uh, it's funny, a lot of the tragic singers coming up when I was coming up, I thought, eh, I wouldn't want to do that anyway. I sort of went mm. in that direction, you know? Mm, sure. Um, you know, he I, I call him he he beats me, kicks me, but I love him so oh, tunes, you know. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. All those Who songs wants any I want to get sing. Who wants any part of that? Exactly. But then I, you know, I've had therapy, I studied uh therapy on my voice, but it was very um, I mean, I only know now because I have studied and talked about it um, with people who, with these therapists, realizing what a huge thing this was, mm. that it was choking off this great gift mm -hmm. I had mm -hmm. for communication and, you know, getting laryngitis while you're speaking German or you're like studying these different things and trying to make it happen. Um, and then my voice got healthier and healthier and I sort of tiptoed into singing and tried it and absolutely loved it. And I, I mean, it was really a process. It's only been about mm. 10 years mm -hmm. that I've been doing it. I didn't even yes. sing in the shower. I was so afraid. Yeah. And I, and funnily enough, at for people, I also resented that people always assumed I was a singer. Sure. Because I thought, yep. isn't it, isn't it enough Chick that singer. I play piano? Yep. Chick singer. Mm -hmm. And then funnily enough, I had, I, it's funny, I may have mentioned this to you before, um, that a number of the people who hired me, who knew me that I worked with before, I said, well, I'm going to need a boom mic. And, you know, and they go, oh, God, you're not going to sing. Because they just assumed I was yet another instrumentalist mm -hmm. who was now a terrible singer. Because <laughs> oh, we no. know a lot of people sure. who have gone down that path. Uh -oh. And I said, no, no, I, I think I'm okay. Mm -hmm. And um, if you don't like it, I won't sing. Mm -hmm. And so that was, so that was funny. And I just, in fact, somebody said, oh, you're a singer the other day. And I said, no. Like yeah. I'm still defensive I know, about amazing. it. Amazing. 
Yeah, and my guitar player said, actually, you, you are, are a singer now. <laughs> you are. <laughs> but I love it. So I think the biggest thing at first was just a surprise that I could do it mm -hmm. and not lose my voice. Yeah. And then I sort of got a bit better at it. And mm -hmm. I'll never be a big singer. I don't have those kind of vocal cords, any of that. But, but you, uh, I can tell stories. Yeah. And that's what I wanted to do. But I didn't know how much I'd love it. I oh, mean, it really was yeah. ridiculous. It was sort of... Wow, no wonder people like to sing so much. Yeah, and you tuned into your superpower. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. I love it. it. Really. Oh, my God. Yeah, I was really, really, it's a big, I mean, it's a great, it's a great message, I think, mm -hmm. for, for people. People always say, go for it, you can do it. Well, everybody can't do everything. Sure. That's just, that's false. I mean, people say it and I think it makes people, yeah. people aren't stupid. You know, you say, yeah, you want to be a tightrope walker? Go for it. And they're like, wait a minute, I weigh 300 pounds and, you know, and I'm 40. Um, so, but I will say that, that the biggest surprise to me throughout my life has been that I'm still really surprised <laughs> a lot and that's something to hang on to yeah. because just when you think something can't happen mm -hmm. it does and yeah. I am more surprised if somebody said I would be running a major banking firm that would be less surprising <laughs> to me than the fact that I can sing oh I love seriously it. I love it oh yeah yeah, that if I'd gone into investment banking or something, I'm trying to figure out something sure. radically different from my life. But yeah. it does, so it is that. It, that is the lesson though, isn't it? That it, I, I think it's our attitude of curiosity is what mm. makes those transitions or leaps of faith possible is perhaps going into it just like, well, let's see what happens rather than having loads of pressure and the burden of responsibility, uh, you know, to go along with learning a new skill, just being able to be playful with, uh, you know, uh, accruing new experiences, I think mm. the, the easiest way to do it. So, I mean, I'm so delighted and inspired by that story. It's brilliant. Aww, thank you. Totally, thank you. exactly what I'm always trying to convey to people is you, you know, just give it a go. It doesn't mean it will, you'll smash it, but just give something a go and you might discover a superpower, which you did. Yes, yes. Yes, and absolutely. And I think uh, this has been on my mind because I know so many people that that are at a certain stage. I mean, I'm part of the baby boomers, so lots of people retiring. There's different things like that, which I can't even imagine. Sure. And they, they've lost a certain curiosity. Mm -hmm. I see these people that um, they don't have purpose. Hmm. they're I'm always you know they're they're they seem bored yeah. I live in the Hamptons so I know lots of rich people mm. and I'm always saying things like that have you ever thought about volunteering your time about sure. just putting some good in the work that really pisses off people <laughs> <laughs> you can take as you can imagine yeah 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 <laughs> use some of those millions for some good but I do think of that, and, mm. and I'm all for people making lots of money. I have nothing against rich people, <laughs> sure. but I'm, but I'm even more for purpose mm. and curiosity, and, and, and that will keep you going. It's when you lose that. Yeah. I mean, look at, I love that Dr. Fauci 
has, mm. quote, retired, but he's he's only retired from that position. Sure. He's now going off and doing more research and things like that. These exactly. people who are never going to stop. Those are the people yeah. who I really admire. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it keeps us connected to each other as well. It's that lifelong learning. And I think that's why I so love music or one of the billion reasons why I so love music because <laughs> it's, it's just never, there's no end point. There's absolutely, like I couldn't be closer to the beginning of my journey <laughs> if I tried. It's endless and that's what's delightful about it. And I think really early on, I was able to make a, like enjoy the realizing how little I knew and still, mm. and just be like, oh, well, that's fabulous. Like, or, or even how little I've experienced. Like, I love Joni Mitchell, but I've only listened to like a fifth of her albums. So I still have all of this lovely stuff to explore. And I think if, you know, conveying that sort of curiosity is definitely a big part of uh, our goal with Musical Walkabout mm, and Music Helps. Mm, absolutely. I, talking absolutely. of goals, that leads us to our next question very nicely, which is um, a musical goal of yours. So this might have be this might be something you have already achieved uh, and or it might be something on the bucket list. <laughs> well, I think of two things. Mm -hmm. I want to keep getting better. Um, well, I've, my my brain is crashing because I'm <laughs> thinking of all different things. The sure. first thing that came to me, one of my great heroes is Alan Broadbent, mm. wonderful composer, arranger, um, pianist. And I had him on my show mm. and we became very good friends. We were, we were like sort of soul mates on this, on mm. the way we think about things. And I remember after the, we walked out, we knew we were going to stay in touch. We could just tell we had a great conference like you and me. We're just, we hit it off. And we walked out of the apartment. We were in New York City. And he said, so what's coming up with you? And I told him, I said, what's coming up with you? He said, well, I'll be conducting for Diana Krall at uh, the Hollywood Bowl. All right. Then. And... I, I have not played the Hollywood Bowl, but I'm from Los Angeles. And so that has been kind of a, you know, I'd like to play Hollywood Bowl. Cool. And so I said, you know, there really isn't any place that I think about. Because to me, it almost doesn't matter if I've got a good audience, a good Steinway, mm. good sounding hall. I don't care if it's a thousand people, a hundred people. Sure. I really don't. Yeah. And so it isn't really the place. Mm. Um, I said, but you know, Hollywood Bowl. And he goes, eh. He goes, they won't be listening. They'll have their picnic lunches. They'll be <laughs> sure. having their feasts and stuff like that. And I, I burst out laughing uh, because I thought that we both yeah. we both looked at each other and laughed because it was all the same. Yeah. So no That's matter funny. where you are, yeah. he says, and, and he says, I'll play the Hollywood ball and then tomorrow I'll be out of work. <laughs> you know? exactly. So even Alan Broadbent, <laughs> Alan Broadbent was saying that. So mm. that was funny. But no, um, I keep shifting hmm. my goals because I got big into writing because of the saxophonist Harry Allen had asked me if I would write to some of his tunes. Hmm. And we got all into it, uh, and I discovered I could do it. Yeah. And it wasn't something that, that it kind of came to me fairly easily. I, don't, I just knew how to write music, how cool. to write lyrics. Yeah. And um, so I could do it. I, I hadn't really thought about doing that. I hadn't studied that. I think it's that same word thing. Yeah. And so I could do it. Wound up, we did it. He's a um, fabulous musician. Off we went. Um, 
So for me, it gave me some songs. I, it, it stretched me because um, stylistically it was so different mm. from stride piano and all of that. But Harry, bless him, thought we were suddenly going to make lots of money oh. because we were now songwriters and writing great songs. And I said, you realize this isn't the 30s, 40s, and 50s where you've got 2,000 great singers who are going to record our stuff. Because he had said to me, he said, you know, it's odd. People keep, singers keep asking me if you'll mind if they record one of our songs. And I said, well, yeah, they're asking you that because everybody writes their own songs now. Yeah. And they think they were written for me, which they weren't. Sure. I wrote these songs. My viewpoint is very much like a Broadway writer. Yeah. I'm picturing a character on mm -hmm. stage. Yeah. That's the way I write. Love I'm it. not writing this, you know. It's just a very different. There's always a story. I actually have a whole play mm. written in my head about a whole thing. So that's my process. So we sort of slowed down with that, I think, when he realized it wasn't. But then... I realized, wait, this is something I could do. Yeah. And just, I can write for myself. <laughs> so I can have some new things that I can do that I can, which wasn't at all what my goal was. Mm. That wasn't what I was thinking. Yeah. And so that's fun. I've also, something that's that's happened in the last, I'll say 15 years, is that everybody up to that point expected you to play as a jazz musician to perform standards. Mm. Well, then it got to where I would play a couple of my songs and they'd be the favorites that yeah. people would come up, especially younger people would come up and say, oh, my favorite was so-and-so. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't that I was out writing Cole Porter. It was that they related, they knew yeah. it was about me or yeah. they knew that it was something I'd written. They yeah. wanted that. Mm. And because they didn't know who Cole Porter was sure. also... I realized all of the, this music is new to, to most of these people. Yeah. So it's an intimacy, isn't really, it? Yeah, it really changed my viewpoint mm. on what I'm going to do. Um, and then I've lately been looking at some songs that, uh, do you know who Maria Moldauer is? Mm, the singer? Yeah. yeah. So she gave me, she's um, great at, yeah. at, at unusual tunes. Mm -hmm. And so she had, introduced me to a few things and it it really revved me up because I was sort of you know I think you do the same things sure. no matter how good you are mm -hmm. and then the singing gave me a big burst of energy that mm. took me in a new direction yeah and now this is taking me in a different direction so I guess the the present goal mm -hmm. is to keep um is to go in that direction write more of my own things that Lovely. I'm writing the music and the lyrics. Yeah. And perform more of the tunes that uh, Harry and I, some of the ones that Harry and I wrote that I don't play because it's stylistically yep. different. Sure. To do some of that. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Beautiful. So I just keep making new new goals as I do it, and it seems to reinvigorate all the things that I've been doing. Yes, all this absolutely. Time too. Well, it's, it's that uh, the momentum that we create when we're setting yeah. out our purpose as well, isn't it? And having. Uh, that process of discovery fueling the next thing. Oh, I'm the thing I uh, struggle with in that respect is being a completer finisher, which I'm not naturally. So I have to make mm. sure that I do actually finish 
the thing, yeah. the first goal before I skip on to the next one. But sometimes that momentum is just so, uh, it, you know, impossible to control. You just got to ride it, haven't you? And just explore that yeah. new thing. Love it. Mm, mm, well, I can't yeah. wait to hear some of your intimate and personal songs. That's a, a <laughs> treasure uh, on the horizon. <clears throat> now, Judy, I am so excited because we now enter the part of the podcast where we spin the musical kaleidoscope. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. This is fantastic. You have toys. This is I have, good. <laughs> I have toys and props. So the musical kaleidoscope, I will explain for our listener is, and for you, Judy, is a tool um, that I have uh, constructed for musical walkabouts practice. So uh, in the early days of the, the musical walkabout, I would just go up to someone and say, what's your favorite song? And they may or may not have an answer for that. So it's kind of a narrow way of making mm. a musical invitation. So over the years, we have uh, expanded it to be nine or more sometimes categories of ways of making that musical invitation. And so the nine categories that we have are, um, yeah, pondering, beloved, memorable or favorite types of music and I'll just walk you through them so we have okay uh we do have songs on there because some people like I know that my favorite song is nothing's gonna stop us now by starship it's just there it's a fact but not everyone has that <laughs> I love it <laughs> so we have songs we also have artists bands or composers uh we have genres and styles we have eras decades or epochs we have regions. That's a favourite of mine. So you might just absolutely love Scottish folk music on the sly. Oh, um, interesting. For example. Um, like we have it. moods. So this could be, mm -hmm. oh, I just like a soft, soothing mood for having a bath mm. and supporting my mm -hmm. well-being that way. Um, or it might be quite the opposite. We have musical heroes. These could be people you have met, people you would like to have met. It could be famous people or it could be, you know, your your mum and her piano. Um, we have That's Showbiz, which is songs from the shows or music uh, or soundtracks. So movie soundtracks is a good one there. Oh, yeah. And then we hmm. finally have a bit of a potluck one, which is When I Think Of dot 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 which could be for me when I think of um the song Barbara Allen I think of my mum for example Aww. so that sort of thing like a musical memory song or style so I love this we're now gonna because it matches my it matches look at it matches my cup oh, we're even kind of all color the colors <laughs> So I'm going to spin this for you. We're going to spin it three times. So it's going to hopefully land on three different categories and you're going to expand upon whatever it lands on. Oh, this is very exciting. It is fun, isn't it? So I'm going to give it a flick and then it's going to spin around. Yep. All right. Artists, bands or composers. So tell me. Oh, well. Meaningful artists, bands or composers for a Judy Carpenter. Artists, well... Hoagie Carmichael. Oh, what a Shivers. composer, what a person, what a, I wanted to, and it, it didn't quite happen the way I hoped, but I was hoping that I could do that and just do, I have a career 
not writing in the same way, but he just dipped in and out of movies, which I loved. Mm -hmm. I wanted to do that. Mm -hmm. I wanted to live in a bit. When I moved to New York from yeah. LA, I wanted to just go out like once a month <laughs> and do something that would just up my yep. celebrity so people would come to my concerts. That's that. what I wanted. Yeah, <laughs> sure. because he was just the cool dude in the yeah. movies playing the piano. Yeah. I loved Hoagie. So plus his music is just amazing. You're not related, are you? No, no, ah. but I got, I, I always laugh. I got all the advantage. Well, he even wrote a song called Judy. Ah, come on. So, then. yeah. So <laughs> I, uh, it's so funny because I have all the advantages and none of the disadvantages mm. of being, of people think me that I'm related to a famous person. Yeah. <laughs> so everybody remembered my name and just assumed in my ah. early career, they assumed we were related. Even his son, Lineage. his real son, yeah. came in to see me to find out if we, he, he'd heard about me, read about me, wanted to hear me. He goes, and he says, um, you know, I, I want to know if we're related. We, you know, we aren't. And then he got all emotional and said, my dad would have loved you so much Aww. and blah, blah, blah. And I thought, oh, my God. And Did I didn't you? even I believe like, him. I thought, That's amazing. Well, I, he said his name was Hoagie Carmichael because he's Hoagie Jr. And Aww. I didn't believe him. I thought, I said, ah, people call me Hoagie, too. So oh, I thought it was just a guy. Messing. Then when he came back and he was wow. tearing up and everything, oh. I thought, oh my God, it's really Hoagie Karma. <laughs> so that was funny. That's yeah, beautiful. That was funny. Well, I love it. It was, one. it was great. That one wins. Okay, so he was, so we'll say, yeah, we'll just say Hoagie Karma. Because that's because I love, I mean, there's a great one. Yeah, Absolutely. we'll go with that. That's a classic. Stone Cold classic. Here we go. We're spinning the musical scope again. Pew. Is it going to land on something different is always the, yeah, it landed on Regions. Ooh, Regions, Brazil. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Brazil. Holy I have holy. such great, such great memories. I got to go mm. early in my career. I, oh, God, I can go on and on about Brazil. I mean, the music, number mm. one. I love yeah. the music. Um, huge Jobim family. I knew Jobim. Oh. I got to meet. What? I did. My first trip to, um, wow. I was brought by a, um, a famous writer. He wasn't translated into English, so we don't know him, but he is hugely famous in South America and in Brazil. He was an iconic figure. Mm -hmm. And so he used to, he wrote a, um, a travel, um, uh, he had a newspaper column that mm -hmm. he wrote. So when he was in New York, he'd come to hear me and he'd write about me and he kept saying I had to come to Brazil Finally, he got me a gig. I came to Brazil. There were cameras following us and everything. I thought, oh. man, he really got us a lot of publicity. It was because of him. Sure. That way they were following him because he was so famous. <laughs> and this, this American girl that he brought. So he entered, he set up lunch with uh, Oscar Niemeyer. So their most, uh, he built Brasilia. So it's Brazil's most famous architect. He set up an afternoon with Jobim because they were all chums. They were all contemporaries. Oh. So, so I came in. You know, like, like gangbusters. That was yeah. my first time. And then I kept going back and I, mm. I ran a festival there for years. Oh. And so, oh my so God. yeah, but I'm crazy about the music. Mm. I, my sort of go-to um, CD, if like you want to get in the right mood and then it just, I've got 10 billion CDs here. I'll just always go to that Jobim mm. um, Sinatra oh, CD. Oh, yeah. And play, it's just oh, like. Delicious. I'm I'm right in the exactly. Yeah. I'm right there, Aww. right there. Oh, that's so yeah. Beautiful. So we'll say, but that was an easy one, Brazil. 
That's For that's sure. what I want to pick as well. That's like my absolute <laughs> all time all time favorite place that I've never uh, been. Must get that. Sort oh, of it's amazing! It's amazing. Can't wait. Right. Okay, we're going to spin the musical kaleidoscope one more time. Judy, are you ready? No, I'm ready. Oh, it's landed on songs. So this oh. is the tight beam, the narrow choice. Is there oh, yeah, a well, song? Boy, that's really hard. It is. Well, probably it, is. it doesn't have to be definitive. It can be today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take two. Nice. I love Sinatra's From This Moment On oh, because the way the orchestra okay. goes from this moment on. And like it builds, it could, it like, talk about an empowering. That would be the other one if it weren't Shirley okay. Horn. I picture driving down uh, PC, Pacific Coast Highway. Mm-hmm. We call it PCH. PCH. And going down in a convertible <gasps> and... You're looking at the Pacific Ocean, which smells very different uh, from the Atlantic, where I live now. Mm. And I still, it's funny, even though I love New York and I've lived here longer, I always say it, the Atlantic's kind of a wimpy ocean. <laughs> because <laughs> the Pacific, I'm a big body server. Sure. And the Pacific, I always feel like you you see the Pacific and I feel the timpani go, ball, ball, oh, ball, yeah. there's the Pacific. <laughs> so you're going along PCH, driving in your convertible, hair flying, and that's going from this moment, and it's building, and it's building, and it's building, and it's like your life from this moment. Uh, no, and Frank, unsurpassed on that. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good one. So and so, in the to play, it's it's going to be Honeysuckle Rose because, again, it's the first time I heard myself on the radio. Aww. We had uh, um, there's some. Do you know who Steve Allen is by chance? Mm, then you sure. probably wouldn't. Steve Allen invented the chat show. He was the first person to ever have it. He had Whoa. the Tonight Show. So this is okay. even before, before my time. The wow. original host. The original. It was created for him. Cool. But he was also a great pianist and um, wrote 5,000 songs. I mean, he was just, he was this unbelievable, um, talented on every level. And he had a show, my my folks were big fans of his, and he did a very, you probably have seen the Bill Evans, um, the, what is it, the Universal Mind mm. of Bill Evans. Mm-hmm. That's a very famous thing that all of us musicians look yeah. at. Well, Steve Allen's the one who's introducing him no on way. that. Oh, That's Steve awesome. Allen. So Stevie was, a, you know, big intellectual, all of that, and and he invented The Tonight Show, or started that. But anyway, he had a, a TV show for a while in Los Angeles. And I was driving down the freeway. And then um, and he was talking about this this new person who was playing stride piano. And I thought, wait a minute, who's playing stride piano? I'm the stride piano player. Yeah. And then wound up it was me. So uh, yeah, and I almost drove off the freeway. And so that was very exciting. So I love the <laughs> tune anyway, but it's the first time I heard myself on the oh, radio was playing. So that I, I finished almost every concert with it. And oh. so I'll say that's my choice there. So if it's not Frank, beautiful, it's Honeysuckle Rose. I would like to also just ask for one more song from you, which is your favorite Jobim. Oh, this happy madness. <gasps> I just oh. even like that title. It can make me cry. It's so beautiful. And I don't speak enough Portuguese to sure. to know the, the Portuguese uh, lyric, but Jean Lees wrote this beautiful, beautiful, the English lyrics. Mm. And it's just, it 
for me, epitomizes the great joy in falling in love and what that means. And Gene Lee's wrote my first liner notes. So he's also a big figure for me, too. Oh, that's wonderful. But it's just beautiful. But it's a fantastic song, and it's just got a beautiful melody, but such a great message as well. So oh, that that's the one. That's beautiful. Thank you for that one as well, because I'm always delighted to learn another Jobim tune. So that one's you on You should my, learn that. That one's on my roster. You, you will kill it. on this. I'm all over <laughs> it. <laughs> Thank Yay. you. Well, we're going to wrap up with, um, I'm going to ask you, Judy, for your Music Helps top tip. And this could be mm. anything you like. We have in the past had things like uh, when I put on, when I, you know, put the kettle on to make a cup of tea, I like to put the radio on and listen to one song with pure intensity or whatever that could be. Um, mm. It might be something completely unrelated or it might just be, you know, uh, a, what would you call that? Uh, go get them girl kind of attitude. But what is your music helps top tip for our listener? Oh, I like this a lot. And this may be different for Mm. people who aren't professionals, but Mm. music, when I'm around the house and I'm working, usually I have um, NPR on. I'm listening to some smart people talk about things Mm -hmm. because music is too engaging for me. (laughs) If I have work that I need to get done, I I go off and I've got to run to the piano. So I put on music at the end of the day Mm. when I, you know, get a glass of wine, I'm fixing dinner, Mm -hmm. I'm very engaged in the music. And it, it, for me, marks you've worked, it's Mm -hmm. a great day, you've accomplished a lot, Mm. here is your treat. And I'm not studying, I, I purposely put on something I'm not, that I don't do. Yeah. I talked to uh, Loudon Wainwright about this, and he said the last mm. thing he wants to listen to are singer-songwriters. Sure. <laughs> but he does, he does the same thing I do <laughs> at the end of the day yeah. when he, he fixes a cocktail mm. and he fixes dinner and he and his wife do that and they listen. The reason I put it this way is because it's engaged listening. I'm not mm. sitting down and listening, mm-hmm. but I'm making dinner. I'm not talking. I'm listening. It's a real treat and it fills me back up because I spend the day giving out Mm -hmm. a lot and I'm happy about it. Mm. That's my raison d'etre. It's what can I contribute? And I love that. And so I would say that is give yourself time Mm. to completely engage, but in a way that, that fills you up. And I I did that with your CD because I first oh. heard it in the car when I couldn't hear really <laughs> well. And I thought, I want to listen to this. And I did. I poured myself a glass of wine. I sat down. I listened to it with nothing else going on. Mm. And then I put it on again and I listened to it a second time. Oh, you and I had a complete experience of it. Mm. And I don't think... I don't think about, certainly I'll only speak of Americans. I don't think that uh, most Americans can do that or will do that. They think they're engaged. Sure. Listening and to a whole album is a thing. It's, that's a commitment of it's, time. It's a thing. It's a commitment. But even if it's a song, mm. it's just, I, I say this and I'm going on and on, but it's important. I had this happen to me in my 20s on one of my first trips to France. Mm. And 
some uh, these five serious music lovers invited me over, five men. Mm -hmm. They were so into jazz, each of them had a nickname, oh. uh, a jazz musician nickname. That's mm. what they called each other. Amazing. And so they called me Mary Lou, so I was Mary Lou Williams. I couldn't even be myself. Everybody <laughs> had to have a nickname. Okay. And so they opened up the wine. It was an afternoon, had cheese and some little things. And then they put on an Art Tatum record. We all sat around in the living room. And I immediately jumped in with, oh, I love that. Uh, yeah, that's 1936. They said they put their hand up uh -oh. for me to stop talking. Oh. Because this was about listening. Sacrosanct. And it, it was fantastic because mm. I thought... When's the last time, you know, I'd listened to that thing a million times. I'd transcribed it. I was sure. You know, but here it was, I thought, yeah, I listened to it differently because mm. now I was listening with five Frenchmen in Paris. And it was, and you know, I was 26 or whatever. Yeah. It was a whole different experience. Oh. And it really made me think because I'd, I'd had that in a master class that someone asked me, college uh, master class, and she said, why do you think that young people like music so much more than older people. And I said, why do you say that? Mm -hmm. And she said, well, because we all have headphones um, on all the time. And I said, I think you have headphones on not because you like music more, but because you're afraid of silence. <laughs> and that, I'll tell you, that got a reaction. Yeah. And I, because <laughs> I said, yeah, I love silence. Sure. And I love music. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the point. Are you really engaged or are you just filling up the space? Yeah. And so that's my tip is I say put on something. And you can still do things. You can walk around or you can eat or something. But really listen and yeah. and let that music heal you. Let mm. it come in. Oh, Judy, you are such a treasure. I love that. Thank you so mm. much for being our absolutely deepest specialist guestist uh, on Music Helps. It's been just uh, the most lovely conversation as always, as it always is. Aww. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm My honored. Gosh. Thank you. My pleasure. It only remains for me to please urge our dear listeners to go and check out Judy's fabulous music online. You can visit judycarmichael.com and you can visit jazzinspired.com is exactly where you need to go but also just hop on youtube as well because there'll be loads of stuff there you're uh, a beautiful presence on all the social medias as well so go and follow uh, at stride queen best best handle ever love that <laughs> um and uh, and just please go and uh, immerse yourself in some absolutely swinging jazz all right thank you for listening today dear listener if you want to hear more from music helps show your support by liking rating reviewing and subscribing to this podcast or you know even one of those things um check out more of musical walkabout shenanigans by following at musical walkabout on facebook instagram twitter linkedin youtube probably one day tiktok god knows to get involved with our projects or for more information on the musical walkabout ethos simply visit our website musicalwalkabout.com and please leave us a comment and let us know how music helps you so that we can keep this conversation going it is absolutely deeply fascinating to me and i know that our listeners love hearing more of those stories so if you want to play it forward as we say share this podcast with a friend and join us next time to discover more ways that music 
Kelps. Uh, and Judy, we sign off by saying keep the music flowing. And thank you once again for joining us today on Music Helps. Aww, thank pleasure. you. Yay. All right, let's get out there and play some tunes. Da, 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 Da 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 da